Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. So uh, let's check in and see how, who our two experts for today's show are. And joining me in the studio is David Novak from Wealthwise Education. David, great to see you. Thanks for being here. And Adam Dawes of Shoran Partners. Adam, fab to see great you Great to as be well. here also. Thank you for coming in. Now, the top five stocks that you have picked today are Data 3 or Data Number 3, a fear High Conviction Fund, Levisa, Emico, and Appen. But before we go to the first five stocks, let's check in with the stock of the day, which is Premier Investments, ticker, to- t- t- <laughs> ticker code <laughs> PMV. Premier Investments, the parent company of brands like Peter Alexander and Smiggle, reported record-breaking black Friday sales, according to billionaire chairman Solomon Liu. During the company's annual meeting in Melbourne, Liu mentioned that a recent evaluation of potentially splitting off some of the company's brands showed considerable growth prospects for each. He noted that the beginning of Premier's current financial year was marked by tough retail conditions, with consumers grappling with the rising cost of living, driven higher by interest rates and inflation. So, Adam, Premier invest do you know I, I rue the day when yeah. I didn't realize that they own Smiggle and I'm going back 10 12 years ago yeah. when a little boy being my son dragged me into the Smiggle and said, shop let's go let's buy some plastic <laughs> some more plastic <laughs> and more plastic and colorful plastic <laughs> exactly and uh, you spend 50 bucks 60 bucks and you get nothing basically yeah, for it or, or you get a nice little lunch box that only lasts like three weeks and then you got to go to Kmart and buy buy one but um yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you pretty much said it in that sort of uh, preamble. I think that, you know, there's there's Black Friday sales. They surprise to the upside. And I think that, they're, you know, Peter Alexander does well. Even my wife last night was saying, do you want some more, Peter, you know, some pyjamas? Because the sales are about to finish. And I said, well, don't worry, there'll be a Christmas sale. And then there's going to be back to school mm-hmm. sales. So I think, you know, Premier Investments really with that Smiggle uh, and, um, you know, Just Jeans and all those kinds of things that they have. But I think overall, it, it's actually not a bad story to look at. And look, the headlines are grabbing because the stock's up a little bit today because they've talked about divesting or splitting f- mm. into four different businesses. Now, what does that look like? Mm. Um, you know, it's probably Smiggle. It's probably then the, the clothing side of things and um, then Peter Alexander as well. So. Does that allow for more value to come into the stock? Well, it does because then, you know, potentially you buy one stock of Premier and then you'll get four different stocks in, you know, in once this does split up. So I think the market does like that. But it also means that they can then potentially look at something to do with splitting the business or takeovers or offloading something if they want to as well. Is this the last hurrah? I'm not too sure. I mean, Solly Luz, he's a very, very intelligent investor. He knows retail back the front mm. and has played this premium investments like a Stradivarian. It's been absolutely well done to him. 
So look, overall, I think the, the, we were expected to, uh, to do about $6.3 billion in Black Friday sales. I don't know the full extent of that number yet, but companies like Premier Investment are getting on the front foot and starting to say, look, we had a really good uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales. And then they've obviously got a couple of more events coming up. So it doesn't look too bad for Premier Investments. We've got a buy on Premier Investments at right. Sean Partners. So I'm gonna stick with my research guys and say it's a buy only reason is I think I back management and they yeah. are very, very good at what they do. So, uh, yeah. It's, if anyone's it's, going to sort of navigate and the cycle, it's them. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough, Adam. What do you think, David? Yeah, look, I think uh, Adam just covered that pretty eloquently, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I bet you Thank weren't you. dragged. Were you dragged in, though, to a Smiggle store? No, not no? me. No, no, no. <laughs> not likely at all. But, uh, but look, they're, they're up. Their four-year results were impressive and, you know, quite surprising given the backdrop uh, economic backdrop and like i said tight um spent tight uh, tighter financial conditions for the consumer so uh, you know the rationale of splitting out the the different um the, the different uh, brands is interesting mm. um but very look, 80s it, isn't it yeah I mean, but look, it's a solid. It reminds me of said, Westfield. Yeah, remember they did the splits yeah, and then came back. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, sorry, David. Just, I no, that's okay. So you know, look, the the trend is sort of you now. It's it's not terribly inspiring. They had a big jump back in um, uh, August when they reported, um, and it's just been going sideways since then. So you know, at best for me, it's it's at least a hold. You know, yeah, possibly a buy. Um, but I'm not look big on the retail sector right now, personally. So it's not a buy personally for me. But it's definitely a hold if you've got it. It's got a good yield, for, you know, fully franked yield of mm. um, whatever it is, five and a half, five percent or something. Yeah, um, yeah just under five yeah. percent. So uh, it's not trading on ridiculous multiples for a retailer. And yeah, they're they're still kicking some goals here. So and the, well, fall, the outlook the, looks uh, was still positive yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, I guess the question is, is how long can the consumer continue to dig into their savings, you know, go and put money on their credit cards? And it probably comes down to uh, job security. Mm. If yeah. there's any signs that I was chatting with a couple of fund managers this week, that's really what they're looking at is mm. any signs of the labour market shifting now in this cycle. I think that's the key, actually, yeah. uh, you know, apart from interest rates which have softened a bit since the inflation data number came out. That's really, you know, a really big relief to mm. mortgage holders. But I think the unemployment outlook and you know, next year is gonna be really important. Yeah, I think uh, you know, whether we have a soft landing, hard landing, whatever you want, <laughs> kind of landing you'd like. <laughs> Sounds like we're bringing in a plane, a jumper. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think that's the key. Uh, if unemployment starts yeah. um, rearing its ugly head, then, uh, then we're, you know, re-rate these uh, retail stocks, that's for sure. Mm. Absolutely, a bit like landing uh, the jumbo, the 747 on the old Hong Kong airport for those of you that used to have that little treat. Okay, let's get right into it. And our first stock of the day picked by Andrew is Data3. And Andrew would like to know, would the panel choose Dicker Data or Data3, two similar companies? Would be good to hear the panel's choice and reasoning. Well, Adam, which one would you pick if you would pick any of them? Uh, so for me is Dicker Data, 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 I, I think that's a better business uh, going forward. I think, you know, we've seen this huge resurgence of uh, hardware that needs to be updated on a regular basis and, and Dicker Data is probably at the forefront of that, of that uh, 
moving that data and not the, the 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 you know the consoles the screens everything and we had this whole sort of push from work from home so you got all these people that are coming through with all these new stuff but then large companies have to keep up security they have to keep up all of their data all of that kind of stuff and it, that means that means uh, you need new software servers and all those kinds of things so overall i think it, you know that that should uh, do quite well and what i like about digit data is the revenue grows around about five percent year on year organically and that's exactly what you want in a business you want something that's organically grown um, and uh, the reason also this one's quite a tough one to get into i know that management and owners own about 60 to 70 percent of this business so it doesn't have a lot of free float so that can be a good thing or a bad thing but for me, Dicket uh, Data would be the number uh, would be the pick out of those two. Okay, uh, David, what do you think? Ooh, it's see, I'm just going by the numbers here for yep. purely by the numbers. Yep. I do like Data Three mm-hmm. more. Um, just looking their return on equities higher. You know, their growth has been um, better. You know, earnings per share growth, the revenue growth. Um, they're on a good, year, pretty reasonable yield as well. You know, mm-hmm. just under four uh, percent or five percent I should four uh, percent around four um, percent uh, that's grossed up um, and they're on a um, well still it's on a high multiple like 32 times I guess when you look at the return on equity it's it's been you know holding up they've got a very it's a very high margin business of course mm. um, they're at 1.2 billion market cap but what I also like more so is the trend the share price trend is stronger yep than um, Dicker data uh, this one's starting to move back up again, Dicker Data. But just the numbers here don't um, compel. If I was had to choose, it's just purely on, based on the numbers, then um, I would be going Data 3. Um, you know, the market cap's also a bit bigger on uh, Dicker Data. Yep. Then it's about 2 billion versus 1.2, 1.3. Uh, and the trend is moving back up for Dicker. But again, just on the strength of the trend, it just looks better for me, Data 3 and those numbers. Would you be buying Data 3? Not at these prices. I just, uh, these hold. multiples, I'd be a hold for sure. Um, I wouldn't be a buyer up here. Be, uh, and Adam, and, would, sorry, go on. Yeah, and just the, the consensus forecast from, from what I can see, six brokers, um, data three is about 7.5% over consensus, above consensus. And um, just on, um, sorry, that's that's on Dicker data, I should say, 7.5% above consensus. and. Data three, it's about just under four percent above consensus. Mm. Right. From about six brokers. Okay. So Adam, your preference is for Dicker Data, but would you be buying it at these levels? Yeah, I look yes. I um well yeah. Yes, that means my preferred. No, I would put it on a hold. A hold. Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. It's the free float that gives me a little bit. It's it's quite illiquid, so that yeah. gives me but if you're willing to stomach that, I think you're okay. Okay, fair enough. Now let's move on. And the second stock is a fear high conviction fund ticker code OPH and it's picked by L. And L has asked, what do you think of uh, Ophir? An advisor told me to buy them and they've tanked ever since. They're small caps and I've heard you saying oh positive God. things about small caps for 2024. Do you think this will improve in 2024 or should I sell at a loss? Now I was having a wee peek of the stocks in there. Yes. Adam, because yes. I, you know, you look at a fund, what do you do? You you look under the hood and see what stocks are in that. Yes. It's not all bad news, the no. ones that are on, that, that they actually announce. And that's the problem, isn't it? They don't always announce. Tell you everything else that goes with it. So yeah. this is a high conviction fund. Mm. And I think it was L was, was, yep. was viewers. 
Elle was asking about uh, small caps or, yeah, so yep. I think you've got to be, there's a little bit of a difference between high conviction and small caps. Yep. Uh, and I think you need to sort of separate that out a little bit for the starters. But then even some small cap funds that I've been looking at the uh, last, they've got like Flight Center, they've got Pexar. Yeah, there are quite big stocks in here. They yeah. just X the top 50, so, aren't they? Well, yeah. So yeah. Um, even with small cap funds, because it's in the small ordinaries, mm. but it might then also be in the ASX 200 or the 100, because it's still in the small, they're allowed to use it because it's deemed small. Okay, so anyway, my first point is, is that you've got to look at apples to apples, and I don't think you're sort of looking apples to apples with the high conviction fund versus what's going on. Um, Should you take a loss? Well, this is not advice and you need to seek professional advice before you do anything. Um, And sometimes taking a loss is the right thing to do and getting out and putting it into something that will actually move higher going forward. But as you said, um, you know, some of the stocks in there, they've got Hub, Next DC, REA, Seven Group Holdings. I mean, they're all pretty good stocks in their own right. However, the performance of the high conviction fund hasn't been that great, down 6% last month, down 11% for the last three months. Comparing that to the benchmark, they've actually beat the benchmark, but the benchmark was down 10%, don't down you, 15%. Don't you love the way the numbers are worked? Just, it might be worth um, explaining what a high conviction fund is, because I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand what that means. Okay, so high conviction is, and Magellan did it pretty badly as well, but a high conviction fund is that provide investors with a concentrated exposure, right, to high quality businesses or high quality portfolio. So when you high conviction, you've only got, some fund managers have 500 stocks in their portfolio. Some fund managers have 200, some will have 100. These guys will probably have, I don't know the actual number, but it'll be around about 10 to 30 stocks Mm. in the portfolio. Now that's sort of what we run, a 20 to 30 stock portfolio for direct equities. But when you're talking about funds management, um, having that uh, that conviction and that concentration sometimes is a double-edged sword. You've got great stocks in there, but it's just not performing with the rest of the the market as well. So overall, I think, look, it's an interesting one. Um, You know, can you not just go in and buy some of these stocks yourself? You probably could. Um, So yeah, I, I think sometimes the high conviction side of things I'd steer clear of. If you're going through a fund manager, you want somebody who's not an index fund manager, you want an active fund manager, and then you want to find ones that that is getting inflows, money coming in, right? Because that's where you want to be. You don't want to be in this story of like a Magellan where you just keep getting outflow, 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 and then it's just destroying the business. Mm. So overall fund size about 550 million. It's not very big, right? So you've got to be a little bit careful there. So for me, I would say it's a no. Um, and I won't give advice to Elle on what she should do with the stock because I don't know your personal circumstances. Absolutely, and that's fair enough. So, David, this really throws up this whole question about um, funds and they say our performance is X and Adam just pointed out X is down but it's not as bad as potentially what the market's done. So technically they're outperforming but for the investor they can just see losses and Mm. this is where it gets, I think, quite confusing for investors. Well, that's right. Um, one thing I've learned in 40 years is it's it's all based on the trend as well, sentiment, mm. you know, mm. and, and you can throw the fundamentals out the window. Yep. You know, when the trend's down, the trend's down. Yep. And and I don't, you know, one thing I've learned is I've, I've tested this. 
is trying to bet against the trend or you know um, buy against the trend. Yeah, uh, I've learned it cost me a lot of money to mm. do that. Mm. So it's one thing. Even when a company's got solid fundamentals, mm. you know, it ticks all these boxes. But mm. the, the sentiment's negative. People don't care. They just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And mm. yeah, you're seeing that in the energy sector too. Yes. You know? It's a classic example yeah. in the energy sector. Mm. Are they great? You know, I or we'll talk about that later. But you know, with the oil price, but this um, in particular, the high conviction fund is they limit their purchases to fifteen to thirty companies outside the ASX fifty. Mm. So you know, and I was just going through looking at their some of these companies they've got. Um, this was up to June thirty. You know, they had um, you know um, AGL, which is Capricorn Metals performing the second half, Genesis. Hub 24, you know, Life 360, ResMed, which is starting. Mm. I mean, you know, ResMed was probably the biggest underperformer in the fund for them yeah. in the first half, you know, and then they've got um, Flight Center and Webjet have both come off as well. Mm. So in the second half, I think that, you know, again, it's, it's very concentrated, you know, but I do like the mix that they've got. And also at June 30, I don't know what the discount to net asset value is right now, but it was 13% discount Big. at June 30. It did trade between a you know, premium and a discount, um, a slight like 3.5% thereabouts in the first half. Net asset was uh, from 31st of October was $2.47. So, right. so yeah, it's currently it's, 222 or something. Yeah, like that's that, right. So, yeah. So look, I, I, I like what they've got here in the portfolio. Um, so, but I don't like the trend. <laughs> that's, okay. that's my so would the, you be selling it? Um, this is not advice. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely would not be buying it. Um, <laughs> I, I would personally be selling it, yes, because I could find I'd be looking for things going the other way, left okay. to right, yeah. on, the, on the upward direction. But look, it's not nothing wrong down here. There's a clear support level um, and it could easily bounce. So, you know, maybe the person that wants to hold, um, the viewer may want to hold this and just see what their December was, you know, half year or full year result looks like. Well, I guess the stocks in there, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with them. As you said, just no. the trend is not your friend at the moment. Yeah. Okay, none of this is advice. But, <laughs> but if it does turn up, like it could go quite this, this could be a great buy actually. Yeah. It'll turn up when performance starts to kick through and, the and it'll market. turn up when funds flow into it. Sentiment improves in the market probably yeah. as well, yeah, you know, because at the moment a lot of people, aren't they sort of holding back a little bit? There is a little bit. They would rather put their money in the, in the bank, which they can get 5% versus <laughs> now. A, you can't get that in the market as such, you know, market's four and a half, four. So, yep, we're, we're, we're dealing with that at the moment. And I don't think you'd find many funds uh, trending up at the moment either, you know, no. other than the the Magellan Global Fund, yeah, just doing all right. Global exposure. The GQG guys are doing. There's a bit yeah. of inflow they're going bond on. Bond funds, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah so they're more fixed well, income. Okay, gentlemen, yeah, we're getting we're, off we're course. Better get everybody back on track because we're going to talk Levisa now, which is the third stock, and this has been picked by Craig. Now, uh, this is one that I remember getting desperately wrong saying never buy this stock and of course it was one of the top performers it's 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 lost a little bit of its shine shall we say it has it but has. then you know a lot of retailers have been under the pump what yeah. do you think so market um, darling 
Like, yeah. cannot do anything wrong, and it's actually held up really, really, really well. We'll see a chart in a second of how well yeah. it's actually held up on um, overall. So f uh, I'll speak to the fundamentals. David can sort of speak to the technicals, but look, uh, overall, LaVisa is a fantastic business. Um, if anybody doesn't know what they do, they're uh, cos cosmetic jewellery and uh, throwaway jewellery. So you buy it, you wear it once, and then you throw it away. It's pretty cheap. But that segment of the market, which is your 18 to 25 year olds, absolutely love it. My daughter loves it. She's in there every time we go into the Westfield and picking up something that looks fantastic for a couple of Does days. Did she drag you into Mecca as well? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Oh, you're going to get well, that one. Well, she's 16, so oh, it must might happen. Yeah, we're soon. getting close. We're getting close. <laughs> so. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the business. So life for like sales were a little bit lower in the last half. And so that's okay, um, because obviously retailers have had a pretty tough time. But also store growth was likely slower than expected as well. So what you want in, in any retail business is you want store growth, so store rollout. How many stores are they going to be rolling out? And then they have to hit those numbers. But then also like for like sales. And like for like sales uh, needs to really sort of, uh, it was needs to move higher. The outlook looks pretty positive as well. One of the things that I do like about La Vista is they are moving into the United Arab Emirates. So it's an interesting place to be, mm. but also moving into mainland China. Mm. And look, we've seen these retail guys do this before and sometimes come back with a towel between their legs. But I think La Vista has got such a really good product mix that they can then um, move things around. They can understand what's going on in that cheap market, the cheap jewelry space is very, very good. So um, I'm gonna stay with a buy on this one. Um, I think, again, you know, you're looking for sort of, as well as premium investments, it's out of cycle that you're buying these things for that next uptick. And because, yes, living pressure, interest rates, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's a great one. I looked at it on the chart, I thought it might have got down to $14, David. I thought that because there was a big resistor, a big sort of support at 14, 1480. But it hasn't got there. It's held in that 1920 mark. So I think it's actually looking like that sideward trend now is formed. And so it actually looks pretty good. So I'm going to stay with a buy. Um, buying straw hats in winter. Fair enough. Is what I'm saying this one is. Okay, David, what do you think? Oh, look, it's a high quality retailer. You know, no question about it. For tar right target audience. International as well. So they're earning, you know, um, uh, you know they've got... Um, uh, operate stores in you know Europe and US and you know so they're getting that also that benefit of the the lower currency mm. Aussie dollar currency um, you know the only th question I had about the why the I could see why it pulled back was because there's they, they opened up 35 new stores which is well below what the market expected mm. they expected much larger growth and open store openings um, plus, there's obviously the impact of the consumer rising interest rates and all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, but look, as a, I mean, the, the, the performance of this company has been fantastic, and the share performance and also just their sales as well and growth. I mean, since the COVID lows, I mean, we're talking about the you know, stock was got down to two dollars fifty and Crazy, up to a eh? high of nearly twenty or twenty seven. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Um, trend on the trend. I look at the weekly and the daily, so I look at mm. the big picture here. Um, the trend has moved down slightly and it's below the, what they call the 50-day moving average at $20 and it's just consolidating here. Mm. It's got a really good support level at 1750 yeah. um, I've got it uh, definitely as a hold and a buy as it breaks $20 yep. on the daily. I'm looking at um, if it breaks and closes above 20 
this will be a buy. Yeah, so okay. if it does some work around that $20 mark for a couple of days, holds yeah. that 20, yeah. and then it should sort of go Absolutely. from there. Absolutely, yeah. and, and it's about to cross up on the daily, yeah. above the 50 daily, uh, 50 day moving average, but it's still below the 50 week moving. So that $20 level is yeah. We're only critical. 90 cents away. Yeah, it's not yeah. far. Mm. So this one, this one was, you know, through COVID, it actually held up really, really mm. well because um, everybody, and then, you know, going through COVID and then obviously it's fallen and now it's come back up. But then as the interest rates started to rise, we all said, look, find those stocks that aren't being affected by interest rate rises, yep. right? So the young kids, they don't have a house, right? So why don't we, you know, and, and that actually held it up really well. But why I think the stock fell in that, uh, in that last section is that renters or 18 to 25 year olds have seen 15% increases mm. or 20% increases in their rent. It's even more than yeah. potentially the mortgage yeah. holders of mortgage now are seeing. And so they've really borne the brunt of that. And so hence that discretionary spend does come back and hence why the visa's also then fallen. But I like that sideways channel. It looks really good, starting to build a good pattern there. So yeah. Who would have thought, I mean, pre-COVID it was $10. Mm. It fell and capitulated, we call it, when there's a lot yeah. of selling. That was the low yeah. at 250 Gosh, I wish I had Harry Hindsight Absolutely. back then. But who would have thought a global pandemic and retailers went crazy. I know. Well, we've all Co- been conditioned you know, to just shop. And that's the thing. It's like changing behavior to get, uh, you know, us mm. humans to stop, you know, unshopping is really, really difficult because mm. everybody's now just used to, we were uber programmed in lockdowns, weren't we, to, to oh. just buy, 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 yeah. keep the economy going. And of course, we've come out of that. And of course, we just keep doing you know, spending money and it just shifts, doesn't it? Mm. From products mm. to services and travel. Absolutely. My son's I in mean, Europe. He said, it's it's crazy, it's so busy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It is incredible. Yeah. Anyway, yep. okay, so we almost, almost have a double buy there. Okay. <laughs> very close, very close. <laughs> the fourth stock is Emico, ticker code EHL, and this has been picked by a Jonathan. So uh, mining services contractor around $320 million market cap. What do you think, Adam? Uh, yeah, yeah. So look, it's not one for me. Uh, so I'm going to say an avoid because I don't, I don't really get in. I don't really like these kinds of businesses. Um, yes, you're selling the picks and shovels to the miners, so it makes sense to be in these kinds of things. But you know, do 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 BHP um, continue to use that truck or to you continue? I'm going to say this really rudimentally. That shovel. Do they continue <laughs> to use that shovel even when they probably should have replaced it a year ago? but they're probably gonna keep going because it still works. Yeah. And so this whole replacement cycle and CapEx cycle that the, that the miners have been in is massive and it is growing. But I think that chart tells you everything of, of where you want to be or don't want to be uh, in this one. Austin Engineering doesn't look too bad. Um, MMA, MMA Offshore, the old Mermaid Marine, I think that's a fantastic business. That's more specialised into deep diving and welding underwater. That's where you sort of want to be instead of these sort of uh, these uh, services or these uh, growth, well, sorry, these businesses that have provided picks and shovels. So for me, it's it's a sell. I, I don't need to be there, and um, rightly so by looking at that last chart. David, let me guess, the trend is not your friend. <sighs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not on this one. And look, they're, they're you know they performed quite poorly in terms of the return on equity yeah. or capital. Should say, um, you know, they they didn't have a good earnings per share growth um, on the previous twelve months uh, up to June uh, this year, 
Um, you know, they're paying a still paying a reasonable dividend yield of four percent, fully frank. Um, look, they're on a low. The only thing I like about this is um, they've taken corrective action to turn their um, earnings around. Mostly, it's been see they, they don't only supply; they're the largest mining. I didn't realise this mining equipment rental company in Australia, right. like double larger any, than near, the seven operations. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're they're, they're yeah. bigger than um, any rental equipment company. Right bulldozers, etc. I was quite surprised to read that. Um, they're like twice as large as they say here, their next competitor. And they've got an in-demand fleet of almost 900 trucks, dozers, loaders, etc. open cut, underground mining equipment with more than 250 projects. Yeah. Something must be going wrong though, because their return on invested capital is super low and the return on assets. Well, it's their, what they do is they, they get used equipment uh. and then they, um, uh, what do they call it? Refurbish. Refurbish, yeah. And then uh, off, you know, then, then mm. uh, that's where they've actually lost the most. And they've had some cost pressures and, you know, wage pressure, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, and they've corrected that. They've actually started to, they've got nine workshops across Australia, but that's the, the, the area where they've been, um, the equipment maintenance and rebuild mm. business is what's let them down. But they seem to have re- um, dealt with that issue now. And they're saying they've got a more positive outlook the return on uh, equities was 13%. They've got a growth now of 18 to 20%, they're saying, for the next year. Okay. Um, so they're really down here. I still can't buy them because the, the trend is still down. But I tell you what, I would have this. They're expecting their um, uh, CapEx to be 44 to 60 million. I was just reading that EBITDA was uh, wherever it is. Um, can't find it now, but but really, it's not trading in a high multiple about seven times. And mm. if they they get that um, maintenance business working, and it looks like it could be making a double bottom, which is a bullish pattern for any technician. But it really needs the moving average needs to cross here above and and close above sixty four cents before. They're also doing capital raising, I think. Um, yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, I believe um, from what I read. I'm, Look for you. Okay, I'm um, just having a quick look, or maybe I'm thinking about something else. But I thought they did a cap raise as well. Yeah, no, I'm not picking up that, but that doesn't mean anything. They've just had yeah. their AGM on yeah. the 29th. So their, their net profit uh, revenue was a record of 8.75. Net profit after tax was 59 million. So it's 62 cents now. So you're saying if it goes above 64, you'd peak your interest. It would. Okay. It would, and I think with the growth in the mining sector, and they they uh, they get this um, you know maintenance business um, you know restructured and working, and, yeah. and they they're saying they will. Mm-hmm. They're expecting twenty percent return mm-hmm. on um, capital there. So that uh, we'll see. But, okay. um, it's had a terrible trend for the last few years. That's for sure. It certainly has. Now, let's have a look at... Talking about um, trends, have a look at the next stock. I know, I was just about to say, this, do you remember... Well, let's get to the stock first before we we start the story. Okay, the fifth stock is Appen, ticker code APX, picked by Zorant. Now, I remember very, very clearly when the major shareholders were selling down and they've actually invested. He used to be head of Rugby Australia, one of the major shareholders, and... He then bought a big hotel, redeveloped it for weddings, I think, in the countryside. And it really should have sent alarm bells ringing everywhere. For everybody. Yeah, yes. like out of there, into property. Yep, safer. 
going to make a lot more money that way. Um, look, yeah, look, this one is, if you've still got it, the problem is, is if you've still got it, what is it worth now? Because, uh, you know, at higher prices or where it was, um, yeah, you, you would definitely be looking at a loss on that one. They so, had another offer too. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Is, they've only just had one. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they've said no, I think, didn't they, to that? Um, but... And they're doing a cap raise or fully yeah. underwritten cap raise at the moment. And in fact, in fact, the cap raise, I think, was at 55, uh, one for 3.65 at 55 cents. So you probably would take that up. Um, would, you, would you not have alarm bells ringing at this stage well, that they're continuing to have to raise capital? Look about at that. Their there you go. That's, that's the chart that's the, we wanted. That's the chart of the decade. <laughs> um, look. Look, yeah, I mean, look, if you're in it now, what are you going to do? You're probably going to have to stay with it um, to some degree because if you bought it at $40... Um, but wouldn't that be scarring you emotionally and you could oh, never get over absolutely. it? Absolutely. So maybe it should go in the bin. Well, okay, sure. So use it as a loss <laughs> as of June 30. But, you know, you, you, you've, you've got to look at this business. It, it is was, uh, was an absolute market darling and couldn't do anything wrong. And then obviously the business or the wind started to change and we saw their biggest, largest customers, which was uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of these big guys doing the same business or, or in fact not outsourcing, but taking it in-house. And then basically that destroyed the whole thing. The management continue to say that they're looking for opportunities. They're looking for things that they're going to do with the business. But at the moment it is a shell of a business and look, doing that $30 million raise uh, at a one for 3.65, 55 cents does raise alarm bells because basically they're just basically going to just try and keep the business alive, paying wages and those kinds of things. So for me, I think it's it's a sell. It would be get out depending on where you're in. And sometimes, you know, you have to go through the good times and the bad times with shares sometimes. But yeah, this one would not be anything for me. I think um, there has been inbound interest from suitors, as you were saying. So maybe there is some light there, but it's never going to get back to $40. So, you know, it's like a door beauty, right? Yeah. Fantastic, efficient market came on. Uh, <laughs> now the takeover, all those people that steal at three bucks or whatever, it's not going to do so much. So for me, it's a sell. I'll stop talking right now. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, this cap raise of $30 million, um, at this discounted price, they already had $20 million in the bank as well. Because they had another um, capital raising not so long ago. Yeah, actually, this was after the cap raise and they've got $20 million, I think, then. Mm. And I'm not sure if they're debt-free, but they've got 100 Can you believe it? Their market cap is like now around $100 million. Mm. When So when they were at the, the peak in $40, which is back in 2019, I think it was, yep. that was a market cap of $6 billion. Unbelievable, huh? uh, Incredible. Um, they are focusing now on AI, so that is the positive, and in the US. So uh, no, there's not many other companies doing that anyway, so they should be all right. No offence, but there's a, there's a lot of competition in that at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, and a lot bigger businesses doing it. Yeah, it's like when you had the dot com mania. Remember, if you just put a dot com yeah. at the end of it, the share price went up. I went to networking parties in London, all about the internet surge, and everyone was standing there with a drink in their hand, going, "What company are we going to start?" You know, basically yeah. to buy stuff on. Online. Yeah, I didn't go in that direction, but yeah. They are forecasting though profitability uh, at the end, start at the end of this year, and I, you know, look, I've got to say, the EBITDA, the earnings before interest tax and depreciation, has been actually improving quite a bit in the losses side. I mean, they, yeah, they're not profitable yet, but and they're generating steady revenue around 20 21 million um, per quarter. Um, no, actually per month. What am I talking about? 
each month. So they're generating some revenue, good revenue, and they're uh, improving their EBITDA, which, and again, they're forecasting they'll be profitable by the end of the year. So this is a wait and see. It's certainly not a, a buy. You should have got out of this, actually. My exit, looking at the charts there, um, on the weekly was $28. So you should never have looked back after that. Mm. You know, And at this stage, again, wait for the dust to settle, see mm. if they do improve and get, you know. Um, again, they've got a steady revenue um, uh, that they're getting at the moment, and you've got to turn that into cash flow positive. But yeah, it's it's a it's a on, one on your watch list to see if it does. It's definitely on life support at the moment. It is, sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's sum up now. Stock of the day, Premier Investments. David, he is not big on retail at the moment, so a hold on that one. Adam Shore and Partners has a buy on that stock. And just pointing out, should they start to split up the businesses, sell them off separately, it may release some value. Data 3. Now, the question was, Data 3 or Dicker Data? So for Adam, Dicker Data is a preference, but a hold on that one, not a buy. And uh, it was Data three for uh, David and he has a hold on that one. Looking at the Afir High Conviction Fund, now stocks in there, pretty good companies, but the, the, the actual fund has been underperforming, well outperforming the market but still down. So neither um, David or uh, Adam really prepared to give advice but uh, Adam not really interested in this one and David I think you were saying uh, possibly a hold on the affair. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, wait on that one. Yeah. Now, the uh, third stock picked by you guys, Levisa, great quality company. Uh, really interesting. We almost got a double buy from our two experts today. However, David is waiting for it to rise to $20 a share so that it goes over the 50-day moving average, was Correct. it? Yep. Yeah. Okay, $20 a share to start buying, whereas Adam has a buy on that one. Just interesting that they are moving into both China and the United Arab Emirates. Emiko, well, having a look at that one, Adam is an avoid, a sell on that one. Um, but interestingly, David's saying on his watch list, and if it closes above 64 cents, he'd be having a look at it. And you pretty much just heard the debate around Appen. Uh, Adam is firmly a sell on that one. They are having another capital raising, some potentially, you know, some flags there. However, David says just put it on a watch list and wait and see as some of the metrics are starting to improve for the company. Now let's check in with the call, which is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into November, 1% was trimmed from MA Financial and added to Challenger. And let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 10.98% on a cumulative return return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Now let's move on to the next five stocks picked by you and we have a G8 Education, ticker code GEM, Cochlear, ticker code COH, Elixir Energy, EXR, Reese, REH and QBE. So let's swap this around. So the sixth stock, G8 Education, picked by a David. What do you think of this one? Daniel, oh, sorry, yeah. for David. Whoops. Oh, for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I don't think much about it personally. I just, 
I don't see growth. It's just been flatlining, uh, as far as I can tell. Just looking at the um, the earnings, uh, historical earnings. Yeah, I mean, look, they've um, you know, it's cost factor isn't the the, the wage and inflation factor is also uh, uh, negative um, on the business. Um, they are selling some unprofitable, I believe, centres about yeah, thirty two, cent, two yeah, of them. Two of that. They've 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 got rid of two already, and they got more to go. So yeah, yes. I think they're yeah. selling thirty or yeah. red in total. Uh, but look, their return on equity. I mean, they did have a good turnaround according to these numbers on the end of June. But before that, it was just shocking, especially when the COVID period, of course. Um, but look, on a, on a high multiple, earnings multiple, um, you know, dividend yield of 3.7%, that's uh, fully franked, is okay. But look, I just, this is not a growth sector stock for me. I, I just can't get too excited about it. I, I just think, um, yeah. I, yeah, sorry, this is not no, one for right. me. I'm looking for something that's uh, that's got some growth, and I just don't see so it a, here. An avoid? An avoid for me at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Adam. Definitely. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Absolutely. Um, the thing that that's been hit by this one is is government intervention, uh, and which I think is right, but it's yes. also hurt the business. That's is right. government intervention about having to have uh, more upskilled carers um, so this is childcare centers and uh, those childcare centers they need to be uh, trained university trained and hence while you need to get that upskill then the people who are owning the businesses need to pay more and hence the margins get, get squeezed so that's your first thing the second thing is is that occupancy rates only around about 80% now I remember when I was putting my child mm. in or children in um, uh, preschool or, or daycare um, it was impossible. It was like trying to find rental. Uh, mm. You know, it was it was impossible. Mm. Now I think it's just gone swung the other way, where they've put, now put a lot of these uh, places out there, and occupancy should be around ninety five percent. Like that's where you want your businesses to be, but occup- occupancy of eighty uh, percent on average is certainly not where you want to be. Um, pays a small little dividend. Revenue was up a little bit, but I just think that overall um, there's better places in the market to be investing in, and um, it would be a no. From me. Fair enough. Now let's turn to the next stock, which is Cochlear, ticker code COH, and it's the seventh stock picked by Angela. And I think this is a really interesting one because so many, you know, in the healthcare space or the uh, medical products services space have been hit as a result of the pandemic. But Cochlear, of course, has recovered really well, David. It has. It's a, I mean, global quality healthcare yeah. company. Mm. Uh, you've got to hold this, you know. I don't know if I'd be a buyer up here because it's a little bit rich on, yeah. on the pricing. But there's no way you'd be a seller. Yeah. Um, it's just a quality business. I mean, the trend. This is probably be one of the, the star performers in the healthcare sector, even outperforming certainly in the last um, year or two, um, or last year for sure. Um, CSL and other companies like that. Yeah. Mm. But it's it's got good numbers here. It's just the, the valuation of the company. It's you know with the consensus of. 17 brokers have a price target average of $243. So here it is at 274, mm-hmm. um, which is which is about uh, 13% above consensus. So you know it's trading on a very high multiple, deservedly, but it's just a uh, little bit expensive for me. But geez, you know, wouldn't you like to hold this one uh, when it was like $50 back in 2014? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or being numbnuts like me yeah. and sold it. It, it's, 
Well, at least you're honest. We've, we've <laughs> well, all been in be. that space. <laughs> we all have to be honest. <laughs> I can um, name a few. So, so, so a hold. It definitely holds. Strong trend. It you know ticks a lot of boxes. Just the valuation of it is a bit pricey. Up a bit here. pricey. Okay, Adam. Look, you can look at that chart, and you're absolutely right. That's sort of near that sort of top end, and you know it's it's sort of ripe for a bit of a consolidation to the downside, and then you know then then you're sort of looking at where you're sort of making your entry point in. So I absolutely agree with David, but look, they're growing their market share really, really well, and you know it. <laughs> It, it hasn't been uh, taken up in this GLP-1. It, it hasn't been taken up in <laughs> Funny this. Funny about that though, isn't I, it? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, surely we could find some way to bring it into the uh, Ozempic conversation, but it hasn't. And I think that's the reason why uh, it's, it's just done so well. continu- continually yeah. to do well. I mean, the moat around this business is, is massive. Um, and and I've we've, we had a lady at work who had her son with a child put in one of these, and she could talk to him via Bluetooth via a phone. Like you know, it, it's amazing kind of technology that they've got, and will continue to do very very well. Uh, I think they are moving into some speech therapies and those kinds of things, so sort of diversifying out a little bit or speech processing. So um, I think that's yeah, I, they need to continually to uh, evolve. And you know where the share price is. I'm with David. It's definitely a hold. It's a fantastic business. On any weakness, you could pick this up. Um, and there's no reason why it can't continue to go higher from here. But um, yeah, it's just timing. I think would be the key on this one. But as far, fundamentally, the business is very, very sound. Absolutely, and a classic case of a great company you shouldn't sell. That's well. <laughs> We all get wedded. We all get too wedded to our stories, don't we? And sometimes, sometimes we get sometimes, too wedded. Sometimes yes. we're not wedded enough, and yeah. we get divorced too early. <laughs> divorced too early, exactly. <laughs> okay, all right. Stock of the day is Elixir Energy ticker code EXR, picked by Andrew. And Andrew has asked: Is natural gas going to be re-rated as a green energy supply? And is now a good time to accumulate more shares with the good results the company is achieving? David. Ooh, it's a hot potato, this one. It sure is. Yes. I don't want to upset any environmentalism. I mean, look, without an alternative, like, you know, uranium, for example, would be the cleanest energy Correct. by far, you know. Yep. And again, it comes back to our energy policy. Uh, if there's no alternative, then yes, you know, definitely there is going to be a gas shortage in the next decade. Yep. And that's the biggest concern going forward. You know, what's the forward planning for um, Australia, especially the Eastern Coast, to mm. supply Gas. Maybe and stop exporting it. Well, um, <laughs> I don't know about those long-term contracts that Santos <laughs> yeah, has. And they wouldn't be too happy with us, especially Asia. Yeah. Um, of course, You know, this is a speculative exploration company. There, they're drilling right now in a, a site called Daydreamer in uh, southwest or southeast. It looks like um, Queensland, mm-hmm. and that's a big prospect. Uh, that's surrounded by some of the big guys like Shell's in there. Santos, Origin, um, they're calling that the, I think, the super energy basin. Um, so look, they're, they're drilling as we speak. Um, if they do um, strike what they're expecting, well, then you could see the, the share price react to that. But it's still highly speculative. They do also have a coal bed methane operation in Mon- Mongolia. Mongolia. And that, uh, they've got a pilot plant there and they're producing about 200,000 cubic feet of gas. Um, it's right on the doorstep of China. But look, at they also did a capital raising at seven cents. They got 11 million in the bank. This is a small cap of about 100 million. Um, it's a speculative look. It's just pure speculative buy down here. 
Um, you wouldn't put your house on it, that's for sure. But I'd rather stick to the big guns, Beach, Santos especially, uh, yep. Woodside. I, I just cannot understand why the energy sector is trading at such a discount when you look at the oil price around 60, 76 dollars US, yeah. the Aussie dollar at 66 now, they've been averaging about 180 120 dollars a barrel mm. this half year. Mm. They're going to come out with fantastic production numbers. Mm. I don't know what what's wrong with fund managers. What, why? And all the consensus forecasts are much higher. Mm. You know, I don't get it. Like 30 percent higher on Santos. And, I, well, I Santos has disappointed yeah. a lot, though, well, hasn't it, Adam? Yeah. They've had lots of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had that environmental yeah. case. That's you know where the, yeah. the sacred site under the sea. <laughs> that's yeah. really stopped that pipeline. I think one of the brokers have downgraded. Um, They've also said Woodside has had their best. Um, you know, oh. their best days are behind it, um, even after the BHP acquisitions. Really? Yeah, 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 I picked up on that mm. the other day. I mean, so Woodside, yeah, because Woodside, the FNRN is saying 15% upside on that one. I did hear um, overnight or this morning that they're potentially talking about the Saudis doing a flush and basically dumping a lot of oil on the market to try and knock out all the high cost producers. Because at the moment, there's just too much oil production for the demand in the world and nobody wants to do the voluntary cuts. Well, Goldman Sachs put out a note this week and they're predicting $100 a barrel next year. At least in a range, most investment banks have got a price range of 70 to $100 US a barrel. If it stays in that range, um, you know, Companies like Santos and Beach and, mm. and uh, Woodside, especially with producing with 189 million barrels. I mean, really, I, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I, I'm, Which would be your pick then, David? You'd have to go Woodside on size. You'd have okay. to. As yeah. where, where the share price is at the moment. Oh, uh, absolutely. 30s, it, looks, okay. it looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, that's the forecast. They cut a million barrels last night, the OPEC. Oh, they did. They well, did. yeah, but it was more voluntary, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but again, there's no new capital, um, you know, CapEx going. There's been a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on lately. And Some more coming ones. in the US, probably. So the concern uh, is they, they might make a move, although it would have to get past the Foreign Investment Review Board if anybody wanted to make a takeover target for mm. Woodside or Santos. That's for sure. That'd be a hard pitch. Gosh, be. given what um, we've been through with would, origin. I don't, I, would, I don't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> the O word. The origin, a yes. Adam, Adam, okay. tell so, us. Let's get on to Alexa. Alexia, look, and, and to the answer to the question about that sort of green, um, you know, or gas, the quality of their renewable energy resources is, is actually quite good for Elixir. They do have a high quality green hydrogen potential yes. going forward. So there is potential there, but you're going to be, this hydrogen's 10 12 years mm. it's a long long way away so i'd be really cautious on sort of hanging your hat on something like that going forward uh, for me there's too many things that can go wrong with exploration as well as gas uh, it, it, it's a tough space to be um, i would always stay with the quality and that is definitely woodside or santos once they get rid of those legal issues uh, for me so um, this would be a no from me um, and um, i just don't think you need to be there okay now let's move on to reese ticker code reh and it's the ninth stop picked by a julie so <clears throat> i was having a look at this one again it was a really quality company it's big they've had um well the building cycle mightn't be cooperating over in the us but yeah. uh, mm. do shed some light david well look they've got it steady as she goes at return on equity 
you know, steady earnings growth. It slowed down a bit for the last uh, year, the June annual results. It showed a, a, a much slower growth uh, in earnings per share. Um, this is a very small dividend yield that's, you know, like 2%. So you wouldn't be buying it for yield. I personally would not, uh, I'd be not, you could be a holder if you want, but I wouldn't. I'd be a seller up here to tell you the yeah, truth. I agree with you. You know, with a premium price, like 11 brokers, they've got good coverage from 11 brokers and they've, you know, the, their price target is 26% below mm. where it's trading. Yeah. I mean, it's trading on a multiple of 30 times. I mean, it's not exactly a high growth um, business. So I don't... Not a counter cyclical view if interest rates come down? Well, it's already priced in. Yeah, yeah. that's that's where it is. That's it's the problem. Yeah. The US business is definitely, and that's where we're seeing the recovery in the US yeah. side yeah. of things. Yeah, and that's already priced in. So I think you take your money and run as yeah, well. Yeah, that's for me. Yeah, too. So, oh yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, take the money and run. Yeah. There we go. Wasn't that a song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the last stock is QBE Insurance, ticker code QBE, picked by Katarina. Now, interesting because they just came out this week. Mm. I think they had their AGM update or some update, and they're saying the catastrophe claims are in line with expectations. Mm. Lots of people love insurance still. Great pricing power. I'm dreading having to renew my household insurance. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Look, it's, um, you know, their premiums, they're, they've got that pricing power, so they can increase their premiums. Mm. Um, you know, it all comes back to, you know, the catastrophe insurance, isn't it? Mm. You know, but they are, the benefit for QBE is definitely with the higher fixed interest rate yields. Mm. They're benefiting greatly on definitely. their investment performance portfolio based on the high yields, because most of their investment is in fixed interest. So they're getting, you know, a really good returns there, you'd see the trend though at the moment. Look, I would be a buy for break. It's got to break above this level of $16. Um, that's the top area there. It's been really in a tight consolidation here between 14.50 and 16. You can see. Um, so it's just a matter of timing, in my view. I wouldn't be um, necessarily a seller. Um, so you'd hold it? Probably, ho- yeah, hold it best. And add more if it goes above sixteen. If it goes above sixteen, um, I would I would be a buyer on that basis. And also, look, there's a consensus out there from twelve brokers that have got a price target of this around eighteen dollars. Mm. Um, you know, it's not overly expensive. Uh, the 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 yield they're getting is around three percent, but that's only ten percent francs, so it's not really a yield mm. play. No. Look, it's it's not exciting at the moment. It's just the best hold, but a breakout above 16, okay. it could go for a run. Fair enough. What do you think, Adam? Well, I think the market got really excited from their AGM comments. Mm. And, and the whole commentary was that, that basically they've, say, they've provisioned about $2 billion for catastrophes around the world. And a lot of the catastrophe season in the US is now passed. Mm. And they've actually got around about 200 to $400 million extra mm. that they didn't need to use because mm. there, weren't, there was not as many catastrophes. Mm. So the market got really excited about that. And um, you, know, you could see that basically, well, what are you gonna do for that $200 million? Well, they might even return it back to shareholders. And so that's exactly why the market, and that's exactly why I think it's a hold. Price pattern looks pretty good. It's holding up really nicely. It's had a good run. 
Um, but for me, it would be a hold um, only on that they didn't have to spend as much money as they did last year on catastrophes. And I think that might get back to return back to shareholders. Indeed. Okay. Now let's just check and do a quick rundown. And G8 Education, the first of the uh, back five stocks, uh, pretty much an avoid for David and also for Adam. Just saying the fact that Adam was pointing out it's running at 80% occupancy rates, which really is quite low. And also the government intervention while positive for the consumer hasn't been great for the stocks. Cochlear, excellent company, great performer. Uh, both my guests saying it is very much a hold and possibly you can buy it on weakness. It's just been such a super strong performer, really good quality stock. Uh, Elixir Energy, so a the hydrogen story is too far off for Adam on this one. He feels it's uh, gas exploration. It's too risky. It's a very tough space. He'd prefer Woodside or potentially Santos uh, once they resolve their legal issues. For David, highly speculative buy, um, but Woodside too is probably or Santos that he would be looking at as well in that space. Looking at Reese, a lot already discounted in the share price at the moment. It's been remarkably resilient given where the housing cycles are. So too expensive from both guests, basically take the money and run. So a sell on that one. QBE Insurance, just pointing out, um, it is a hold for David, but he would buy it above $16 a share. For Adam, just making the point that the catastrophe claims are not going to be as large this year. So around two to $400 million, potentially in excess cash, that may be returned to shareholders. So he has a hold on that. One. Well, we've had so much fun. I can't believe we're going to have to wrap up now. I was all ready to keep going. David, wonderful to have you on the show. Pleasure. Adam, great to have you on the show. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Exactly. And we did make it a more casual. Happy Friday yes, with no ties no today, ties no today. jackets. Yes, so any, summer's here. Summer is here. It's very humid outside. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us at osbiz. Anyway, stick around because the pulse is coming up after the break.